Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back. Welcome back to an athlete's journey. I'm your host, Travis Reed, and today I got a special guest. We've been kind of back and forth for the longest. Uh, trying to connect with each other. He's been, you know, big time to me, uh, but finally stopped big time to me. I appreciate him finally coming on the show. Um, you know, he's been, he's a good guy. Like I said, he's, oh, and by the way, we were, we were talking before the show about boxing. He knows his boxing, you know, people. So he's a, a sports aficionado. He's a journalist. You know, he was former athlete and he's doing his thing. So, Definitely wanted to get him on the show, you know, let him tell his, his story. And then it's the story of success and having, you know, the next next thing already kind of ready to go. And uh, that's what we need as, you know, former athletes and, you know, people like from high school, college, uh, professional, all that, having your next thing ready to go. But uh, please introduce yourself to the people. Uh, I'm Cedric Weldon. Uh, I'm a journalist. Like you said, I'm a former athlete, former Sun Devil. A lot of things. I wear many hats right now. And like Travis said, we were just wrapping off offline for about an hour just talking about combat sports because that's my passion right now, the combat sports world. I work in pro wrestling, MMA, as well as boxing media right now as a journalist, create content, do writing, uh, also work the NFL. So I, I wear many hats in the sports world, and it uh, took a while to get here. But like Travis said, that's where I'm at. No, no, definitely, man. Uh, like I said, he's man of many talents. Like I said, I wanted to get him on the show, you know, just to kind of tell his, his story and his journey and uh, get to like, you know, the, we'll get to the good part, you know, where, what he's doing, and how he's doing it and how he got to what he's doing now. Uh, but first, let's just start it off. Uh, how did your sports journey start? That's a very good question. And, you know, I, I was pondering this question when I saw the idea for your podcast. So I promise I wasn't I wasn't big leaguing you or anything like that. I just got <laughs> sidetracked with so much because I was trying to think about how I would tell the story. But I obviously I started in high school and I would say I'm a late bloomer. I didn't grow up playing sports or anything like that as a child. No pop Warner or nothing like that. But I did track and field and football in high school, which carried me through college as well. Um, I'm a 400 runner, 800 runner, long jumper, high jumper as well. Uh, went to Carson High. I understand uh, we both in L.A. County. I'm a Carson Colt. And then I'm an Arizona State Sun Devil as well. So I've kind of always been around sports in that regard from playing. And then it kind of led into a career passion as well. But, like, I'd say my passion for sports kind of kicked up into high gear. Maybe my – I've always had passion, but just playing it kicked it in gear maybe around my sophomore year of high school. Uh, just doing the traveling for track. Uh, we won a championship at Carson High in 2004, um, stuff like that. And then when I got to college, which is a complete culture shock, if you've never been to Arizona, <laughs> you grew up in the <laughs> Southern California area, it's completely different. So you see like all these different people and uh, it just made me want to go for it even more. But like I went to Arizona State for journalism. So through my athletic career at Arizona State, um, it took a little while to just say like, hey, let me buckle down and do this journalism thing. But like my run for track and field and football was fun while I was doing it, uh, doing the whole invite for track and field and doing the walk-on thing for ASU 
And then, like I said, I'm a late bloomer. So I was still learning stuff on the fly, still learning positions, stuff like that, and settled in on playing a defensive back uh, and just focusing on the 400 as well. But then at a certain point, because I went to Arizona State just for journalism. A fun fact about coming from Carson High to Arizona State is I was actually a part of the first, if you want to call it the first journalism school at ASU. So we, there was a thing that was started called Cronkite Village, and they set everybody up in a dorm. So 30 aspiring journalists from across the country and put them, put them in this dorm, like right in the center of campus. I was a part of the first 30. And I think I was also the only black male. So I was actually a part of that uh, dynamic. So I always knew I would be around journalism. We used to do so many dope things freshman year of college. I got to meet Walter Cronkite. I got to um, see so many different monuments. And now when I go back to Arizona, I see like the magnitude of the journalism school and how much they're actually in tap with journalism uh, in the Phoenix market with ABC 15 and how everything's downtown. The builders is pretty, pretty much what I'm trying to say long windedly is uh all my tuition dollars went to whoever's reaping the benefits right now because everything is like super big and it's always changing and it's always different. But no, I think, um, man, talk about the journey of being an athlete from not being from, from just being a so-so athlete, I'd say. Right. And then carrying it out to being like a, I'll say I'm, I'm an above average journalist. <laughs> I'm, an above, I'm, an, I'm an above average journalist that that gets to like work across many sports. Because one thing uh, that me and Trav didn't get to talk about is like around uh, the SoCal area is like I was just doing solely high school sports when I first kicked off my journalism career. Because uh, Travis asked me like, "How did I get into journalism? When?" I said, "This journey's only been going around kind of like six years right now." Still very young, still very emerging. We talked about NABJ and all these things, but like I just took a shot on going to a small station in Torrance, California. And I started out as an intern around 30 years old and I was covering high school sports. Mm-hmm. I had a college and I had five high schools. I would go and cover all their sports and I would report, uh, give the kids a platform to interview them after games, talk about their season outlook, stuff like that. That parlayed from being an in- intern reporter to being the host and I would actually host a 30 minute show every single week where I would not only report because I was still going out in the field because I didn't have any interns. It was just me and another co-host. I would write the show, produce the show, edit the show, get the graphics and then go out, interview the kids, bring them in studio uh, once a week while working like another full time job and another job on top of that. So this this journalism grind, when, you, when I think about it, because it's, it's cush right now. <laughs> it used to be a grind right, right it used to right. be like a real grind just to get like some some facetime and really get some film out there really get some film like i didn't pick up and even uh we talked about believe podcast networks it's like i didn't find out about believe until like two years after that mm-hmm. i had a guy from the network reach out to me on <laughs> funny of linkedin and all things yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we've had a chat about linkedin and like i don't really be checking my messages and i'm like oh what is this and I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I'd be interested. And they paired me up with a guy in Florida and we started creating podcasts. So like, I think not to be cliche, but like you, I got away from my journalism career in my twenties. I started making money doing sales. I started making money a lot of different ways. And when you're making money in your twenties, everything's good. Like life is good. <laughs> you're living, you're going out Friday, Saturday nights, you're spending that money and you're happy. But then I think really 
God ordered my steps to focus back on journalism. And every path and every door I've been in, there's been like a little carrot in front of me that I've had to go grab. And whatever room I've been in, I've belonged mm-hmm. mm-hmm. at every part of my journey. And it's not that I'm actively seeking these places out. It's like I, they just come to me. They kind of just fall into my lap from here and there. So the journalism journey uh, from an athlete to a sports journalist, man, I'm, I'm very blessed to say that uh, since actually pursuing that career path that I started out at 18 years old, it's been uh, feeding me and it's been beneficial every step I take. Mm, mm. Well, that makes a lot of sense, man. I tell you that, you know, for uh, the fact of like, you know, the grind and we, we can go back a little bit. Uh, you said you would, you know, like had a full-time job, had journalism and had like another job on top of that. So <laughs> like you said, this is cush compared to that. And that's how I feel a lot of times with us athletes, we have that work ethic that's kind of, superhuman in a way people are like how are you doing this or how are you doing that you know or doing this and that and like look i was a former athlete so this is what i was doing i have all the energy to burn so got to burn it off in a different way now but Absolutely. wanted to go back a little bit and uh into your you know you know a little bit back into your career just a little bit um now you obviously came from carson and and, and then went to arizona state how did you get from Carson High School to Arizona State and was it you said I remember we talked about it you went as a track player and then all of a sudden decided to go do football as well so Mm -hmm. what made you how did you get to there and what made you start to do that decision to play football yeah so like I played football in high school it was my it was one of my first passions but like track is probably my first love as a sport I love track for all the things uh that it can provide and travel things like that but I'll, I'll, I'll be very frank. Running in 100-plus-degree weather ain't no fun. <laughs> pra- <laughs> practicing at uh, high heat in the afternoon <laughs> it ain't for me. So, like, um, and then I, 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 I met so many athletes in the football team, stuff like that, and it was actually more communal, more of a fellowshipping on that football team or just the football players than I had at the experience in Carson. I feel like in California, we all kind of have a uh, – an attitude of we got to make it out. So it's not really like that team set mindset. At least that's what that was my experience. So like my passion for football kind of reignited. And then I knew some of the coaches through way of friends, stuff like that. So I was just working really hard just to try to get on the team. And then I, if I look back, because we talked about this before we got on air, like that was such a long time ago. I'm probably like 205 now. I got I came out of high school maybe like 155 pounds. <laughs> so like I was I was a light dude. I was a light dude, and I was yeah. like I think that was the hardest part of my my career is just trying to gain weight, showing up to the to the dining halls, uh, lifting the weights, making sure I train just to like go to the trials and things like that. Um, and I played a little little QB, so I, I think I was a little bullheaded with trying to make the team as that. But then I felt found like uh, playing defensive back to become more of a natural fit. Cause I did some of that in high school as well. So like special teams was the calling card to be anything. <laughs> and I think it was fun. Uh, but I think what it was just gratifying to know, like I could make it, you know, no, yeah, that, that the hard work for me was like, it wasn't on deaf ears or anything like that. And then for me, it's like just, grinding so hard doing all that stuff from somebody who I would like I said I'm a late bloomer 
like I didn't, I wasn't put in sports growing up at all. Like I didn't start really playing a sport until I was what, 13, 14 years old, just freshman in high school. So like just learning the sport, falling in love with the sport over and over again and being able to get to a good pinnacle was gratifying for me. But like I said, um, injuries and one thing or the other kind of, kind of took my love away for it. I wasn't really happy with how I was feeling as a result of things. So like, I think I got to a point where I just bit down was like, you know what? I think I was here originally for this journalism thing. Mm. And I think that's when I started really buckling down. Also, for any kids that might listen to Sarah pursuing college, take it seriously. Cause like that college, and I'm not saying the classes were hard, things like that, but like just the daunting task of having to be on your own and register for class, all that, that kicked my ass, man. (laughs) Knowing, knowing that they really come for you. If it's a bill due, it's like, Oh no, you can't do this. Boom. You cut off. (laughs) It's like that. I dealt with that. No lie. The fast foods and all that, the loans, every semester before um i started classes that's crazy you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think I, I think i only had a scholarship worth uh freshman year yes see like i said i think a lot of people needs to um to know that because i think uh everybody thinks that it's all sweet you know it's all good with the you know like athlete scholarship whatever you know when you when you got to do what you got to do to get on you know, like you got to not only work harder than the guys who are on scholarship and still pay for things and figure out how to make the money to pay for stuff. So, yeah, like that's a heck of a grind, man. I think that's like, I can a monopoly see why, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can see why, you know, your grind is so hard now to where you're at now. Now, my question for you is this, like you said, like it was injuries that kind of made you, quote unquote, retire uh, from the sport and just say, I'm going to just do the journalism thing. Is that the case of why, like, you know, you said like, okay, I'm, I'm done with playing this football and attracting. I'm going to just focus on the, you know, on what, like this journalism uh, stuff. Yeah. Like just constantly having the, at that time, just the bad knees. And then obviously the pathway to playing time when you have kids that are coming in that are what your four star, five star recruits every single season like that. That's just the game. Like you got it, they got a guy they went and got, brought him here. They have the full ride, so that also plays a role into your mind. Where it's like, what am I going to do? Like, what's my pathway? Not to the field, but like when I'm done with this, mm-hmm. like when I'm when I'm done with this school because it's a it's a four year campaign. It's like I'm not trying to be the fifth fifth year, six year uh, senior <laughs> playing football. I know we the see super that a lot duper now. senior, yeah, the super yeah. duper senior. I think we see that a lot in the college uh, athletes now, but for me, it was like, nah, let me, I got to do what I set out to do. And um, I was part of this first, I take pride in that first 30 journalism students for one being the uh, first black male. Um, I had to buckle down because they weren't going to, nothing was going to be given. I'll say mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. nothing was going to be given as an athlete. Nothing was going to be given in the classroom. So like, and for me, like, we talk about the grind and college and the finances. Like I was working at Radio Shack through college. A lot of y'all don't know what Radio Shack is. Radio Shack gone. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's like Radio Shack, Best Buy. You don't really see a lot of those anymore. Radio Shack gone. And I didn't have a car. So I was like, I'm busing and I'm on foot everywhere. Busing, train, inter-campus shuttle for journalism. 
uh, classes on the other side of campus because we had the ASU has multiple campuses. They have four. So like that grind and saying like, hey, let me let me show up for this practice. Let me let me go be a, a hitting dummy <laughs> and tackle this this 230 pound running back, stuff like that. That that changed my life. <laughs> remember, remember, like 160 pounds. Wasn't no big dude. <laughs> wasn't no big dude. Right, 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 right. I, think right. I started gaining weight into my mid 20s. So that's what, like the late blooming thing uh, holds true to my career. That's like if I could divide my career in journalism, athlete, anything is like I'm a I'm a serial late bloomer. Like I, I pick it up a little bit later than the trend, but when I pick it up, I'm locked in. Like I'm on, I'm on and I'm not going to get stopped. So, um, but I look back on those times, man. And if if it weren't for those times in college, dealing with all that, like you said, uh, the, the being a grinder, the knowing work that work ethic and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. the knowing adversity, like I wouldn't be the person I was today. Like Mm -hmm. I think with athletes, which is so cool is like you can, you can, you know how to overcome adversity. Yep. And overcoming that adversity of like being knocked down and being told to get back up is the same thing as being told no in the business world. It's like, you're going to find your yes. And I think that's extremely important. I was just told like, all it takes is one. It don't take 30, you know what I'm saying? Like if all it takes is one team to like you or one, one company to like you, it don't take a hundred companies to like you, you know, just take one. And whatever that one, you know, does, you know, when they say, yeah, we want you, just grind out for them, you know, because they gave you the opportunity. So, yeah. Well, that's actually pretty cool, Cedric, man. Like, you know, your journey as an athlete, because everybody, like I said, like I felt like we were talking about off air. Everybody loves the glitz and glamour of like, you know, like you said, the four or five-star athletes, uh, basketball, football, whatever it is. You know, they come in, they get recruited. They maybe get an NIL deal. They get all this stuff kind of like lined up. So where your journey was, you know, obviously different and you had to grind and grind and grind. And now obviously um, it it actually paid off, you know, as I feel because like you, you're grinding in the real world and, and it taught you to grind from, you know, you know, from college to the real world. So that's definitely, you know what I'm saying? Something that, you know, like people can definitely learn from the show. Like, look, everybody ain't going to be whatever, you know, number one recruit. You know, there's somebody who's going to grind from being that walk-on and doing two sports like you did. Now, obviously, you know, you're doing your journalism thing in, in, in college, and then you graduate. And so what was the first kind of thing you was looking for when you graduated from college? That's, you know what? It was more so because graduating, I, I think I had to, obviously, with your class, you got to move certain things around. And I was actually, I think I graduated in the fall, not the mm-hmm. spring. So I, I like to say that my walking class, we was no Obama because Obama was in the spring uh, <laughs> commencement the, the six months before. So I didn't get Obama. I, I went to that, but I didn't get Obama. It wasn't okay. really mine. Okay. But um, I think for me, I was just looking for just like the weight being lifted, you know, to know I did it. I, I think I'm the first in my family uh, to graduate from college. So mm-hmm. I think that was uh really big deal to see that through and for me it's like the, on the other side of the end it's like when you're not going to school anymore it's like it's always like this lingering what's next so like i said i think I, I was working at radio shack through college i did that a little bit after a while but i was able to still use my networking and things like that that i had from senior year to parlay that into like a 
solid radio career. Like I was on air for, I was doing on-air work with the radio station, also doing some of their promotion stuff. And it was very fruitful for a long time. I was able to get into a lot of buildings, a lot of doors based on that and actually mm-hmm. take my uh, sports experience into actually speaking on the radio and then mm. working on being a host. I learned a lot of different trades as far as that. And then I, we talked about not really pursuing journalism. That's when your 20s can be different. Because for me, uh, and I think with a lot of a lot of companies that are in college town, just like they try to prey on people that come right out of college. It's like, hey, we you can make this much money. You can do this. You can do that. And that's what happened. Like I found uh, – sales companies really aggressively yeah. pursuing different people <laughs> out of college. And I worked for a company called Yelp.com. A lot of people probably know what Yelp is. One of their headquarters is in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I, um, I worked there for a few years, actually. I was one of their top salespeople. So I picked up really good sales experience. And that is something that has, I guess you can say it's fed me to this day, having that sales experience because I can get a job almost anywhere. Even though I do journalism and that's my core, that's my trade. It's like I got sales experience and there's always a need for that. I had a so we talked about NABJ offline, National Association of Black Journalists. I had an OG tell me once at my first conference, his name is Paul Mitchell. He teaches at a university in Minnesota. Uh, and when I went to my first NABJ, mm-hmm. I didn't have any like hard journalism experience. And I'm talking like newsroom, like being in a newsroom, being around other media personalities, doing that grind at that time. But he, Paul looked at my resume and he saw it and he was like, he's like, you shouldn't be upset about this. This is great. You know why this would be great? Because you'll never not have a job. And I've always thought about that that way, that even though I took that turn and we talked, I talked about being a late bloomer. I took that turn to sales. And uh, before I really went hard into the journalism uh, using my degree, but I think about that, like, there'll always be a demand for what I do, what I can do, my skill set. Mm-hmm. So like, I think in journalism world, they pride you on being multifaceted. They want you to, to be able to shoot. They want you to be able to host. They want you to be able to edit. They want you to be able to, to uh, do the graphic. They want you to be all these things. But like, what about outside of that? What are the skills outside of the media? And I think that's something I have. And that's how I parlay with my radio company too. It's like, oh yeah, I'm doing the microphone talk and the hosting and I can, edit clips, stuff like that. But I can also go help you guys sell to Pepsi a spot on the air because I got advertising experience. So I can go help you guys close this deal that you guys want with Cricket Wireless to come put the promotions team out there. And I think for me, being that well-versed and well-rounded, I think I've been able to mesh both careers to like have the best of both worlds. And not just now, I'm talking about like forever. No, 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 man, look. I tell people the more the more things you can do, the more more people can want you. So if you like you said, like if you can do journalism, you can do sales, you can do all this stuff. Because I, I've listened, I I tell you everybody, people know who know me. I went to enterprise, you know, when I first graduated. Well, after I retired actually from professional basketball from overseas when I was, you know, thirty three or whatever I was. Um, that was my job, you know, and like that was like, well, we hire former athletes. You make, you know, start out at, you know, whatever, 50,000 or whatever it was at that time, uh, dollars a year, you know what I'm saying? Like you dealing with cars, you're dealing with sales, you're doing all this like experience where being on a company, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, you're like, all right, I'm rocking it. <laughs> and the job didn't necessarily 
you know, it wasn't what you thought it was, but hey, it gave me experience in the working field to know how to work hard and appreciative of whatever job that I got after that because I was like, look, the enterprise thing was, especially then, was off the chain. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, 60, you know, 65 hour weeks every week, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm vacuuming cars in a hot suit. You know, Cal- I'm in California. I'm in the IE. I'm in the hot, you know, Inland Empire and I'm vacuuming my car, sweating. <laughs> trying yeah. to trying to get you take this car, you know what I'm saying? Take that car, you know? And so like trying to sell them our company's insurance. So yeah, it was a grind, just to say the least. But your situation, like I said, like it's really smart because like I think like the fact that you can go into your field, any kind of field, because obviously sales is a part of, you know, radio and and, and, and advertising and all that stuff. So you can do do for different types of hats. Now, my question for you is this, like everything that you went through as far as like your grind and your, in your journey of where, where you are to get to where you are now, what would be your best advice to the next Cedric, you know, the next person that's coming up trying to do what you do or did? As a, uh, as an athlete or as a journalist? Both. Man, you know what? Cause I got. I got I got nephews stuff that play sports right now, and I think, like I said, we talk about the late bloomer thing, and I think what they teach at the youth levels as far as just knowing your body, I don't think I think in high school they just have you do like weights and stuff like that. They don't really teach you about the proper things, and like I feel like movement is so essential to the body that if I was if thirty six year old Cedric can tell eighteen year old Cedric like how to gain weight the right way. <laughs> I would tell him like, yo, don't worry about eating all this food. Like worry about being flexible, worry about your mobility and things like that. Take care of your recovery. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. what I know now is your recovery needs to work twice as hard as your, your training, you're working out. Mm-hmm. And as far as uh journalism, I would say, uh, like I tell any young journalist, cause I actually met one ironically uh, playing basketball out here in IE a few weeks ago. I met a sun devil who was actually in the Cronkite program. And I told him, I was like, yo, Network, 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 yes. network. Meet as many people as you can. Shoot as many shots as you can. Don't worry about what they say. Ask for contacts. Ask for emails. Not necessarily bug people, but let people know what you want to do. Because there's a lot of people out there that look just like you that want to help you. And that's what I didn't know uh, living in Arizona for all those years. I felt like when I was in that market, it was very gatekept. And that a lot of people weren't really trying to help the next generation of young journalists. So I would say continue to network, continue to reach out people, continue to send emails and network, network, network. There's a lot of organizations. There's a lot of uh, causes, scholarships for young journalists that are out there just to help the next generation of, uh, of voices get into these spaces and get into these newsrooms, get into these companies. There's, there's, a, there's enough work for everybody. And I think back then when I was younger, I would kind of just take that no and I would just eat it. I would eat it. And that's what that's why my path was so tumultuous. That's why I honestly shied away from journalism so early, because I felt like, damn, if they treat me like this in Arizona, they definitely gonna treat me like this in California and all these other places. But that's not the case at all. And it just took meeting the right people um, to understand that. So that's why for me, um, I would say going to my first NABJ in New Orleans, that changed my life. That changed mm-hmm. my life and, and they made me want to pursue and grind that much harder because like I knew I belonged. 
because I was standing next to everybody who I wanted to emulate, everybody who I watch every day. And it was dapping me up like I was a part of the family already. And it's like, that's cool to me. So, like, I knew I belong at that point. Like I said, that's a heck of a, you know, heck of a thing. And like I said, I think people need to listen to that, you know, like especially network thing. If I'd have known what I know now, like you said, like if I was in college, man, I'd have been like, hey, you know, every sponsor, every, you know, every event we would have to go to, we would just huddle in the basketball bubble of just us. I'm like, I would have been like, all right, see y'all. I'm about to go meet him, 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 her, you know, whatever I got to do to get my foot in the door or something. When I thought of, when I think about all the people I've met, like between 18 and like 25, I've just been like, yo, let me let me shadow you or let me let me do this, you know. And I and I I did my fair share of touring of uh Phoenix talk radio, Phoenix sports radio station, did some internships here and there. But if I really would have like buckled down and be like, nah, like I'm gonna be here tomorrow. Like, I'm going to come back tomorrow. I'll catch the bus here tomorrow to everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I would have really stayed in people's faces, I would have started this path way sooner. Way mm-hmm. sooner. And uh, I think some people – and you know, I I do disagree with certain things in Drosenfield where it's like, oh, yeah, go work in the middle of nowhere and take <laughs> this, like, $15,000 $15, salary. Like, I disagree with that. But there are places where you might not necessarily make a lot of money, but the right people in the room will take care of you. Mm-hmm. Those places do exist. Mm-hmm. Like you might not be making a big, big. Uh, you don't have to move out your, out your comfort space just yet. Eventually, mm-hmm. you'll have to. But there's places that will take care of you because they have good people in those places, more so than anything. Makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I got one last question for you, you know, Cedric, man, and uh, you know, like I said, then we'll let people know where they can find you and, and things like that. At you know, one point of our career or our life as former athletes and regular people, we go through low points in our you know our life. So at your lowest point, how did you get out of it? Uh was it God? Was it family? Was it both? Was it yourself? How'd you get out of it? I love this question. This is <laughs> this is a question that's like very um prevalent to me today. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I just came out of my lowest season. Mm-hmm. I just came out of a season where I was the the worst version of myself, the darkest version of myself, a person I don't want to become anymore. I don't know if you've seen my uh, Instagram, but I, I tore my ACL um, about 24 months ago, mm-hmm. uh, 24 months ago. So like um, that, this is my first major injury. Never had a tear or anything like that. More so like sprains, um, imbalance and stuff like that. But this is my first like full on tear. Mm-hmm. So like um, dealing with that, this happened actually August 20th of 2021. I tore my ACL and it was actually on the hill. This is actually pandemics ending. Um, we're just kind of on the hills of COVID. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big um, hooper now because I don't play football no more. So like <laughs> I, I go to the LA fitness and I do pickup games, stuff like that. The gyms just opened up in June. Uh, I get COVID July 1st. Oh, wow. Two weeks after that, I hyperextend my knee. Literally a month later, I tear my ACL after being Ooh. off of it for a month. So that this is like a culmination of all that. So I don't get one. I don't know it's torn right off the bat. I'm walking around normal until like I try to st- put weight on it and it just like unlocks. And I'm like, all right, something's wrong. Takes me three months to get an MRI. Takes me three months to get an MRI just to even know what's going on. 
I think I get the MRI in like October, November, and they're like, oh yeah, it's fully torn. You need to have surgery. I'm like, for real? Never had surgery. <laughs> I'm like, it's never happened in my life. I'm like, that's crazy to me. Um, I was like, there's no other options. Like, you can live without it, but you're gonna have real bad arthritis by the time you're 40. And I was like, I don't, I don't want that. So I get the surgery December 13th. That journey, I don't really know what it's like. So I get the surgery and I became the most self-pity, wallowed out version of myself because you really can't move. You can't do anything. For two months, you idle. So sleepless nights, cussing at everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom's caretaker from me. I'm like, yo, just go home. Just leave me by myself. I don't want to be bothered. I'm just a, I'm just a jerk to everyone. But like, I would say what got me uh, back right was just, just knowing the grind, knowing that putting in the work every day and trusting my physical therapist. And like, I'm very stubborn. Like I'm, I was very stubborn about walking on and I'm 150 pounds. Like now nah, I'm keep trying for me. I'm stubborn. Like I'm, you tell me this is my program. I'm going to add something else. <laughs> I'm going to try <laughs> something else and see, like, we, we, we're going to see if I, if I mess up and I fall or some shit, we're going to see <laughs> like, okay. if I do it, if I fall, I'm going to tell you, but like, that's, that's that. And for me, it was like becoming more mindful. So for, by, by mindful, I'm saying I started getting more rooted, uh, if you want to call it spiritual, you want to call it studying the word, that's cool. I'm talking about just meditating. And I'm mm. saying getting in a place of being calm, canceling out all the uh, internal self-talk and the noise and saying, you know what, like Cedric, you got this. Mm. Uh, this wouldn't be on your shoulders if you couldn't bear it. This wouldn't be a part of your journey if you couldn't overcome it. Mm. And I would just grind and I would go and go and go. Eventually I shed the crutches. by six, uh, And I probably could have been stubborn and be like, yo, let me go see if I can hoop real quick. And I was going to the gym still once I shed the crutches. I was shooting around and like, oh, Cedric, can you play? I'm like, nah, I'm not going not gonna to risk this. Yeah. Um, I would tell people, I just tore my ACL. Like, um, I just had surgery. I'm like, well, you're moving real well. I'm like, cool, thank you. But <laughs> I, I, I held out until, like, I actually passed the test. Mm. So, like, I got cleared in eight months. So, from December 13th, I got cleared that August, like, on the August 20th, I made sure it was the date they actually tore it. Um, and I started hooping the next day and I felt fine. And I think what a lot of people don't know about ACLs is like, you you feel fine, but you're not really 100. Yeah. <laughs> like, you still got some, you still got some ways to you like, you learn your running gait. So I'd say the past year of my life has just been perfecting little nuances, been able to put on more size and delays, activate the quads more, more quad strength, focusing on my jumping and actually just, now, two weeks ago, I wanted to retake that test. So I retook that test and I doubled my numbers. So like my leg strength was up. I think I box jumped 40 inches. Um, these are things that I couldn't do before surgery. So that grind and that persistence and staying rooted and knowing that everything I did and learning my body had purpose, had reasoning, paid off. And it, and like, I don't think I've, we talk about college and studying. I don't think I've studied anything harder in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like every every video about the knees and the legs I see on Instagram from like trainers, I, I save it, I apply it, and that came that became my regiment. So I had my stuff that I would do a physical therapy a couple of days out the week because in the first few months I was going three times a week. Mm -hmm. That's like mm -hmm. all I was doing for the first four months of 2022. That's like all I was doing was like, hey, I'm gonna get back healthy. Um, but like I said, I'm the type of person that adds stuff. It's like this is your program. Yeah, let me try to see how deep I can squat today. Let me see if I can uh pogo hop a little bit let me see if i can do a broad jump 
because that's like I wanted it so bad. So I think everybody, athletes especially and professionally, I'll say that you come to a point in your life where there's something that you want so bad that it's it's inescapable. It's like oxygen. It's like that's how bad you want it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there was nothing at that time that I wanted more than that because of how it all happened. Like everything was cool, had a real toxic relationship. I didn't even tear my knee playing basketball. I tore my knee in, a, in an argument. So like oh. all that happened to me and it's like, I'm going to come back and reclaim everything that was taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And that, and and that's not just athletics and body uh, strengths of all that. It was also journalism opportunities. There were gigs I had to pass up, hosting, uh, going to different shows to cover them. I had to pass those things up in that year. So, like, I've been reclaiming all these things, and it's been only light speed ahead ever since I got covered last August. You know, like I said, that's the true blessing, man. That's the true blessing <clears throat> for you and the fact that you, you persevered through that, you know, through that torn ACL. Like I said, the fact that you're doing – more than what you did that's that's like i said that's a that's an amazing you know you know blessing or whatever you want to call it well Cedric man like i said i appreciate you coming <laughs> on man i appreciate just finally linking up uh we need to probably come on here again and talk some boxing <laughs> yeah let's talk let's talk all the fight content i'm sorry it took so long i, I really oh man it's, it's I, all good i, I don't be checking my dms and messages that's that's on me no, no, it's all good. Hey, hey, I'm just messing with you. It's all good. You know what? I'm just glad you're here now. That's all that really matter. Well, uh, please let the people know where they can find you, you know, what you're doing now and, uh, you know, anything like that. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at said is the answer. You can find me on Twitter at said says at C-E-double-D underscore S-A-Y-S. I write for the fan-sided networks. I actually write uh, boxing, MMA, as well as wrestling content on dailyddt.com. I do streaming as well. I stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Women's Wrestling Talk. You can find it on YouTube. I do all their news content. I, I'm also a uh, news reporter. So I'm the host of the City Council uh, News at Hawthorne Community Television in Hawthorne, California. Sometimes I post those videos on Instagram. You can also check them out on YouTube. So when I said I wear many hats, wasn't joking. And I also work at The Shield. So I'm in Next Gen Sets. So whenever you see that dial, when Aaron Rodgers get like a game winning throw and it takes like a 0.3 probability of success that's me doing that data so give your boy a shout out on that too so a little <laughs> bit of everywhere <laughs> well like you said folks he's uh you know just sounds just don't take this he's a jamaican and so he has 15 <laughs> <jobs>. <laughs> i've been hearing that a lot lately yeah i've been hearing yeah, that a lot yeah, yeah so he has 15 jobs he uncle ruckus you know, you got, you got <laughs> people, people who know uncle ruckus is from the boondocks you know i'm, I'm dating myself but he was man of many hats. So this is what Cedric is, man. So like I said, thank you. You can you know, Cedric, man. Um, you can follow me at Travis W Reed. That's R-E-E-D, Travis W on Instagram, Travis W Reed on Facebook. I have uh, you know, I post most of my social media on both those sites. Uh, you can also, you know, like, share, subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Travis Reed, uh, Athlete's Journey. Uh, you know. The link will be in the subscription, and uh, like I said, if and I'm, I'm my if you go to my uh, my Instagram page, the link to uh, my YouTube page is on is on my Instagram. So you definitely can just you know click that, subscribe, appreciate it, you know. Uh, and so, like I said, trying to get the followers up, trying to get the show really really popping, 
the, the channel popping, you know, and uh, we're going to keep moving this thing forward. Also, like I said, me and said man on LinkedIn, I have my LinkedIn page and uh, said has his LinkedIn page. So if you, you want to find him, uh, you can go to my page and just type in Cedric and you'll find him. I think he's the only friend that I have that's on the name Cedric, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, like I said, but see you boy. Uh, we'll talk to you on that. You know, we'll talk to you next week. Please. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.